0: from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show.
1: So normally on a Monday, we do kind of a whip around where I'll give you multiple takes on multiple games, but I think I want to just start one game at a time and not out of any kind of priority. Well, actually, yes, out of priority. You know why? I'm going to start with this game because I want to start with a question. Is there anything better than the Dallas Cowboys? Now, I'm not even talking about football per se. I'm talking about life. In fact, football has very little to do with the Dallas Cowboys. Is there anything better than the Dallas Cowboys, period? Life. (laughs) Now, if you want to talk about football and you want me to give you my opinion on the Cowboys and them playing on the fairly big stage and not the actual big stage because they never actually get there anymore and haven't for decades, but if we're talking about their ability to win a fairly big game on a fairly big stage, then yes, they're non-existent. If we're talking about winning games that matter, there is almost no team worse than the Cowboys. But if we're talking about failing epically and ending every single season in the most painful and dramatic way possible, then the Dallas Cowboys are truly elite. Then they're a bleeping dynasty, and they are the best thing ever. As a football team, they're like, well, as the kids like to say, pretty mid. But as team content, they're essentially unbeaten. If we're talking about imploding in the worst possible way, at the worst possible time, and doing it right on schedule, every single time, then hell yes, they are once again America's team. I mean, where do I even start? Where do I even start? How about right under center? Because nothing says America's team more than watching the alleged franchise QB on a $160 million contract get outplayed by Mr. Irrelevant. Get outclassed by a rookie who was the last pick in the draft. And make no mistake about that. Big clock Brock did outplay and outclass Dak Prescott yesterday, and it wasn't even close. And it's not like he did anything incredible either. But Then again, it didn't really take that much, did it? All it took was taking care of the ball. All it took was just a little ball security. What it took was not making back-breaking, game-losing mistakes. What it took was not throwing it directly to the other team. At their end of the field and in your own end. You know, what it took was not making back-breaking, game-changing, season-ending mistakes. The assignment was not too big for Big Brock. But Dak, the turnover factory, returned in this game and brought the Cowboys down with him. He is, man. He's a factory. It's all turnover factories. It's all turnover factories. Because, frankly, the Cowboy defense pretty much did its job before essentially gassing out slightly in the end. My dude, Micah Parsons, and company made sure that everybody knew that it was not just any, quote, sissy challenge. This is the
2: spicy challenge, not the sissy challenge.
1: My man, Micah. Now I'm afraid when I do see this dude on Radio Row in Glendale, he's not going to douse a piece of pie with that hot sauce He's going to throw it in my eyes. Hot sauce in your eyes. Hot sauce in your eyes. Like Micah did his job. And most of the guys he lined up with did theirs too. They held the Niners to 19 points. They held Debo in check and Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk. Just not George Kittle. Because when they needed something, when they needed anything... Big dude took the paddles to his own team and season, and no play was bigger for the Niners than that absurd, miraculous, juggling job late in the third quarter. Purdy, A
0: lot of room now. Odin up over the middle. Oh, what a catch by Kittle. Are you kidding? George Kittle.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Fox on the call. What an awesome play. And it's not just that it was this incredible catch, it was the catch on the drive for the Niners, the only TD drive for the Niners, the only TD drive the Niners needed, and it was the one play that they needed. And he sparked that whole thing. So my question this morning is, I've got lots of questions this morning, or this afternoon, wherever you are, but starting with this, how good y'all feeling,
0: Frisco fan? That's 12, a Frisco fan, that's 12 straight dubs for you, Frisco fan. That's the longest Niners win streak since 1984, Frisco fan. The Niners win the game. The Niners beat Dallas again. Hey, Frisco fan, did you know? Hey, Frisco fan, listen to me. Did you know your seventh-round rookie QB now has more divisional playoff wins than the entire Dallas Cowboys franchise this century. DUDE! Wild, right? Hey, Frisco fan, how about this one? Your Niners... Hey, what up, Mike? Miss you, brother. Hey, Frisco fan, your Niners have made it to the NFC Championship in the last six playoff appearances that they've had all in the last 12 years. Hey, Frisco fan, check this. Are you getting all this, Frisco fan? Write this down. The Cowboys haven't made an NFC Championship since 1995. You weren't even getting high then, Frisco fan. Well, actually, you were. You've never not been high, Frisco fan.
1: Anyway, that's two years in a row now that Frisco has ended Dallas's season. So it's all good for Frisco fan, and it's all bad for Cowboy fan. Listen, listen, the Cowboys are in trouble. They're in trouble. They're in big trouble. They've got big problems. That may have been their last, best shot at getting Jarrah over the hump. And believe me, even the great myopian himself, Jarrah,
0: knows this. Came up short. We're sick. We're We're sick.
3: sick. What did you think?
0: Sick.
1: Yo, Jera, how you? Oh, I forgot. I'm not in Frisco. I'm not in Frisco mode anymore. Hey, Jera, how you feeling? How you feeling, man? What did you think? Sick. How you feeling? We're sick. Now, yeah, I mean, he—he—that's not the optimistic Jera. Everything's great. Everything's fine. We're awesome. Like he's sick. Really sick. We're sick. Well, now you know how the rest of us feel every time you open up your mouth, Pops. Sick. Just sick. sick. Every time you talk about circumcising a mosquito. Sick. Or leaving 20% of yourself on Bourbon Street. Sick. Or the glory days that we all know are never coming back. Sick. Or that one time you talked about a severed arm. For some reason sick or that time that We're your team sick. sucked on a bad loss all week long sick. Sick or when you said that your kicker stuck his finger in the wrong hole sick or We're most sick. of all watching your alleged franchise quarterback throw it to the wrong team repeatedly and get outplayed by the very last player taken in the draft.
0: Sick. We're sick.
1: I bet you're sick, dude. Speaking of which, shout out to my dude and my favorite player, Money Maher. Money Maher is still by far, I mean, it's close because I love me some Joe Burrow and some Patrick Mahomes, but Money Maher is still the best thing in the postseason and now he went crashing out. I know this, he was by far the best thing about the Cowboys because we all just lost the single most captivating and electric player in the entire playoffs. Like, that Dak to Dalton Schultz TD was pretty thrilling, but only because of the point after. Money Maher has become the first kicker ever to make the PAT way more entertaining than the touchdown that preceded it. And his only extra point attempt yesterday did not disappoint. This might be the most anticipated first, second quarter extra point in history. Maher, it is no good.
0: It was blocked.
1: Did you hear Greg Olson? He's good, dude. He's good. I, I can tell you right now, Tom Brady will not be half the broadcaster that Olson is. You can talk all you want about name, and you can talk about salary. You can talk about salary. He will not be half the broadcaster that Olson is. I know this. Now, his face he will have half the face that Olson has I'll give him that Jay Woods of OmegaTaxCredits.com is with me now. You've actually started a new operation, a new wing, Omega Funding Solutions. Exactly
0: what is that and how does that work? You file an amended payroll tax return with the IRS and the IRS is backed up. You know, they were hit by COVID too. They had the pandemic to deal with. So it's taking them anywhere from six months to a year to process these refunds. So we came out with a solution where we can help you get access to that cash earlier in as little as two weeks.
1: See if you qualify for an ERC tax refund from the IRS, Omega Tax Credits.com. And probably 20 times the salary. He's good, though, man. Greg Olson's good. Brady won't be. Anyway, still sticking fingers in the wrong hole, clearly, because in terms of Maher, that was his fifth shank in six PAT attempts. I mean, that's like some DiMaggio stuff, Gretzky stuff, Wilt stilt stuff, the kind of thing that those are records that you put up on a wall and you leave them there and you forget about them because they ain't coming down. Ever. Some of the most impressive records in sports history. What? Somebody's going to hit in 56 straight? No. Somebody's going to score 100 in a game again? No. Somebody's going to score 92 goals again? No. Somebody's going to miss five point afters in six attempts again? No. And I'm still not sure what's better. The fact that the kick got blocked or the fact that it wasn't going to be anywhere near the uprights anyway. In fact... I know what would have been better if it wasn't blocked. And we could have seen this guy miss it by like 50 feet. However, the best part, in the middle of the all-time high-profile case of Yips, somehow this dude pulls it together and knocks in two field goals later in the game. So in that sense, Money Maher is still money, just as long as it's not an extra point. If it's an extra point, Money Maher is Chuck Knobloch. And I'm sure Chuck appreciated that he was trending last night. However, no Cowboy lowlight from yesterday beats the last Cowboy lowlight from yesterday. A.K.A. that last play of the game when Dallas upheld their time-honored tradition of ending the season on the worst possible note with the worst possible play. Remember, last season, time ran out on Dak and the big fella, Mike McClock mismanagement.
0: Prescott takes off running the football. Whoa! I don't think this is going to work out. It will. They'll be able to clock this. They were planned for it. It's down, down. Oh my gosh! Oh, the official gets it. Calm in down. The down. The game is over. Oh, he did. Oh, they're going to look at this. It's,
4: it's going to be over because the umpire has to touch the ball. Of course, that's ridiculous for a game to end like that, Jim. Wow, I am livid if I'm a Cowboy fan and if I'm a Niners fan. That's
1: the fan. end of the
0: game. The yeah. game is over. The game is over.
1: You know, easy to second guess, but you know it would be ridiculous if the game didn't end like that for the Cowboys. They all end like that if you're a Cowboy fan. So this year, Big Mike's boys knew... That it would be tough to top that, but they had to do it, right? So they drew up a play so remarkably bad, so hilariously dumb, that nobody will ever forget the play or where they were when they saw this play. Cowboys come to the line. Elliott is going to snap the ball. Malik Davis is to the right of Prescott. Two offensive linemen split left. T.Y. Hilton (laughs) is outside them. Kavante Turpin is inside them. Two offensive linemen split right. Lamb inside of them. And another receiver out to the right. That's Noah Brown. Prescott back to pass. Throws left. Caught by Turpin. Hit and dropped. After all that, they throw it to Turpin. Tackled at the 30, and the game is over. For a second straight year, yeah. <laughs> the 49ers are going to the NFC Championship game. You know, you know something's game. funny. And for the Dallas Cowboys, when you've seen it 150 a times and it still makes you laugh out loud. We're talking Rams. about Zeke getting trucked.
0: <laughs>
1: in terms of the play itself,
0: Here to San Mike, laugh out
1: loud. You had an entire year in that barn with those other slugs in Wisconsin that you were meeting with. On the weekly, if not, I don't know, daily. I don't know what the hell you guys were doing in there. And that's what you came up with? That. Leave it to the big fella to make sure that the season ended. I like that, Alvin. Nice use of your uh, rooster drop. Only the big fella. Only the big fella could make sure the season ended on an even more humiliating note than ever before. Way to remind everyone on the way out that, yeah, sure, Dak played like crap, but the coaching staff has no idea what the hell they're doing either. And I mentioned Zeke Elliott. I'm sure he appreciated getting run the hell over. Then again, Zeke looks more built to play center than running back these days anyway. Hey, listen, Dak was a disaster. That last play was a disaster. That game was a disaster. Jarrah's shattered schedule is a disaster. And nobody knows better than Jarrah how precious these opportunities are. And the Cowboys just took another precious opportunity and used that opportunity to take another big, precious dump in their pants. We're sick. Hey, Jarrah, don't you dare fire the big fella. Don't you dare fire the big fella now. Don't you dare extend his ass right now. I'll even kick in for it. Because that train wreck franchise has never been more fascinating to me than it is this very second. How about the Niners? I'll get there, but like Kyle Shanahan, to me, is a pretty good dude. Like on that last play, Kyle saw what was going on, probably chuckled, And burned a timeout as if to say, hey, yo, Mike, good one. Funny stuff. You probably don't want to do that. Let me spare you the embarrassment and maybe even save your job. (laughs) All right, so I don't think you want to do that, big fella. I see where you're going with that, big fella. Wait, yo, what are you doing? Come on, man. It it was funny. You got me to laugh. That formation was funny. You got me to laugh. Yo, dude, (laughs) we have a community here, all right? For the sake of your reputation. For the sake of the Cowboy brand. Man, just line up for a simple Hail Hail Mary pass so we can knock it down and we can all get the hell off this field. Kyle basically gave him a chance to come to his senses. Yet, stubborn big fella Mike did what stubborn big fella Mike does on the daily. Look a gift horse in the mouth and stuck to his guns. Right before that play, I bet you... Zeke, as he lined up, got ready to hike the ball, looked out in front of him, and probably told old 51, Aziz Shayer, yo, man, coach is really going with this lame play. You know and I know it's not going to work. You know and I know we're not going to score. Yo, dude, you guys already won. We will be the laughingstock of, of all of social media. I know this already, brah. Can you do me this one solid? When we practice this goofy play, the defense never hits me. You know, because I'm Zeke. Or I'm what's left of Zeke. Or at least I still have the same name. We're just humoring the fat guy. Yo, bro, can you do me a solid and just let me snap this ball clean? Because you know nothing good is going to happen. Zeke is like, yo, yo, Ledge. Yo, Legend, I got you. Of course, man. I got you. I got you, Legend. It's all good. You're right. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Then Zeke hikes it. Boom! Zeke gets sent through the turf. Right now, as we speak, the grounds crew is still picking up pieces of that guy from the field. They're still raking up Zeke. Sucks for you, Zeke. I'm not even done yet. Hey, Dalton Schultz, dude. What about you? They should make Schultz sweep up the pieces of Zeke. Yo, Dalt, what were you doing? Instead of Zeke, Dalt should have been the one hiking the ball for going all Matt and Cleveland on that final drive. I guess players mimic their head coach when it matters the most. Instead of running forward out of bounds... You Val kilmer and stepped back, keeping the clock running. What on earth was that, dude? In that moment, how do you make that mistake? And then even more incredibly, how do you make that mistake in that moment and then chase it with another mistake that's just as dumb? You went from Val Kilmer on the sideline to global global warming. A routine catch with nobody anywhere near you. And the second he made that play, I'm like, dude, he didn't get his feet in. That that, that was not surprising at all. That was so obvious. I'm like, how can you be that nonchalant in that moment? He didn't get his feet down. If anyone deserved to get pile-driven into the ground at the end of that game, it was Dalt. And I'll tell you something else. That may be on him. But the fact that that happened to a Mike McCarthy coach team looks so much worse. So much worse. That said, Jared, don't you dare fire this guy. Don't you dare fire this guy. We're sick. Because team content is just running a dynasty, yo. Conducting a clinic. Absolutely incredible. This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know that you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection, the latest innovation from Discover? Discover will help routinely remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data, and they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Co-host of the Man-to-Man pod, he is Darius Butler. Darius, what's up? How are you? What's up, Jim? Thanks for having me back on. My man, always good to have you on. Appreciate you. So, where to start? Why don't we start with the Cowboys? Let me start with the quarterback. What did you think, Darius, of Dak Prescott in the way he played in what was considered a legacy game? And then on top of that, what do you make of his legacy drive or drives at the end of the game?
2: Man, it, 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 it was horrible it was bad I wouldn't say overall he played horrible but turning the ball over you obviously can't turn the ball over um especially in the playoffs and that's been a common theme for Dak um you know this season and and you look at Dak and you say okay this is a good quarterback way too uh inconsistent especially when your defense showed up the way that it did against that tough uh 49ers team and up until this point the 49ers watching the film It almost looked like they were playing against scout teams on defense. You know, no disrespect to the teams that they were playing against, but the things that they were dialing up, it just looked perfectly executed. And the Cowboys kind of threw a wrench in that. So for the offense to come out, for Dak to come out and play like he did, not taking care of the ball, being careless with it. And then complete mishaps um, at the end of the game, once again, against the 49ers, just like last season. A couple plays with Dalton Schultz against the sideline. And then uh, that last play, that was just, I mean, all the Colts fans out there, Felt a little bit better about it because we had the worst play in NFL history. But um, just very, very disappointing effort from uh, Dak in a huge uh, moment like that.
1: Darius Butler joining us. What about that last play? What went through your mind when you saw Zeke Elliott lined up at center on that last play?
2: Jim, you know, I was actually excited. I was excited. I'm like, okay, let's see what Kellen Moore... What Big Mike has dialed up for this situation? Um, you hated they were even in that situation. I wanted to see the Hail Mary, you know, but uh, Schultz, you know, kind of uh, had a blank moment there on the sideline, not getting that second foot in. Uh, but having Zeke at the at the center position assumes he would be a pitch back guy at some point in the play, but nothing got a chance to develop. Um, he good snap. You know, good shotgun snap from Zeke, but then he just got destroyed, got put in Dak's lap, Dak made a quick throw to Turpin. He just got smacked as well. So a terrible, very anti-climactic way to end their season. I hope that's not the last play we see Zeke in the Cowboys uniform. But I was actually excited going into that play. And then I let down, just like I'm sure all of Cowboys Nation was, with how it all ended.
1: Not me, Darius. I've watched it 100 times, and it gets <laughs> better and better and better. Darius Butler joining us. You know, to your point though, on a serious note, like where does that leave them? You mentioned that if that's his last play, you'd hate to see Zeke, who is a great Cowboy, go out that way. But when you look at their their situation, they've got cap issues, they've got some free agent decisions they have to make. They could lose one or both of their coordinators. Like, where does this leave them? And if you're Jerry Jones, what do you do?
2: I mean, there's a lot of questions there, uh, like not enough answers right now. Obviously, and, you know, they got to digest everything after the season. You know, Sean Payton has been connected to that place, you know, since he stepped away from the New Orleans job. Uh, Jarius came out and said uh, Mike is, is 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 good as far as his um his job goes. We shall
1: see. What's that? I didn't say anything. You're good.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you came in. Uh, but yeah, so we're gonna. I
0: Jarius, I, ne- I never interrupt you, dude. You know this. <laughs> No, I thought I heard something on my end, but that's my fault. But, yeah, there's a
2: lot, a lot of questions there, man. Um, You know, Pollard, obviously he had a great, great season. You expected him to extend him. But he ended his season with an injury, a nasty injury as well, with that broken bone. Um, so it's tough, man. K- uh, Kellen, I think Kellen will still be there. I think Dan is even going to come back. Dan Quinn on the other side of that ball. And the defense, like I said, they showed up. They held their own this season. Just offensively. So many questions outside of uh, you know, C D Lamb, Tony Pollard, and Dalton Schultz this year.
1: Darius Butler joining us, creator and host of the Everything D B show. You can see that on YouTube, co host of the man to man pod as well. So Darius, moving on, credit to the Bengals. I mean, I'm not surprised they won, but I am surprised that they went into the Bills house and just mm-hmm. flat-out curb stomp these guys. Like, how does Buffalo get that outclassed, that outplayed, that outcoached, and that outprepared in their house, in those elements, in what was supposed to be their season?
2: Man, special special performance by, by the Bengals, the staff, the players. But, you know, the Bills, you know, there's still humans out there, and that, that Bills organization, much like, obviously, different things, but much like the Raiders team last year dealt with a lot of things. Off the field, you know, obviously the Bills, you know, the shooting they had out there, uh, Dawson Knox losing his brother and then the DeMar Hamlin situation. They dealt with a lot, and that can take a toll on you emotionally outside of the football game. But um, between those white lines, they were just out-executed, out-played. Cincinnati came up there. And surprisingly, I know the defense should get a lot of love with Luana Romo, as they should, Joe Burrow as well. But that offensive line, which came in with some backup, was banged up. Joe Mixon, P. Ryan, that offensive line was able to run the ball better than I've seen him be able to run most of this year. So I'm sure that the Buffalo Bills are, are disappointed about that and they're disappointed with Lack lackluster effort on offense as well. But uh, the Bengals, man, the Bengals and, and Joe Burrow are obviously the real deal. and They've kind of been overlooked. And now we got a great uh, AFC championship matchup once again between the Bengals and the Chiefs.
1: But I'll tell you what, you can't overlook them anymore if they have been. And to your point, I, I could not believe how well the Bengals ran the football. I could not believe. I understand that the elements were a concern, but I don't know how that Buffalo D line could not take advantage of what was left of that Cincinnati offensive line, but credit to the Bengals for sure. Yeah. Hey, clones, what do we want when we're craving protein and we need more energy? I'll tell you what we don't want bars, sugary snacks, energy drinks. Nah, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. No, Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and tasty. It's never tough. So why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. In other words, they take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein and comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest it goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. So look for Old Trapper in the clear view bag. You can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, with your beef? What about, Darius, what about Patrick Mahomes? Like, we know how gifted he is across the board as a thrower of the football, athletically. We know how smart this guy is. But how much did he show you in terms of grit and toughness in his initial refusal to come out of that game? Because seeing that injury, man, that looked horrible. And the fact that he wouldn't even go in for the x-ray until they made him and he came back and he finished, how much did he show you in terms of grit and toughness?
2: I mean, a ton. And, you know, a lot of times, obviously, the quarterbacks are protected and you call them soft and this and that. But that is one of the, the, the toughest positions, obviously, to play the most important position on the field. And he, he showed what he was made of. You've seen him play through injuries before. But when he went down, when he initially got sacked, like, oh, we, we all knew that was bad, whether you ever played a sport. Um, or not. So for him to go up there, get it taped up, be forced to the locker room, which that was a good that was good on the, on the team's behalf. You know, go out there, check it out, get some x-rays, get some scans, make sure there's no uh, major major damage, and then let him come out there and finish the game. And um, you know, he, he obviously, as expected, struggled a little bit with his accuracy in the second half. Obviously, he can't extend those plays like we're used to uh, him doing. So that'll be a challenge going against this uh, Cincinnati Bengals defense next week. But um, he showed guts, and I think every player, every fan, uh, every coach that watched that, you know, you really saw what uh, Mahomes has made of.
1: Darius Butler joining us. Darius, knowing knowing that injury, the way you do a high ankle sprain, if you had to Mm -hmm. guess, like, how do you think this week goes? How much progress can he make between now and the game? And then if he does play, what do you expect from him?
2: I mean, it's really going to be about pain management. And and if he was playing almost any other position, I, I would be doubtful that he would even be able to get out there and play but at the quarterback position, you know, now he just has to okay, we got got to be more of a quick game. We got to have more screens involved. Obviously, we got to lean on our running attack a little more because so much of what Mahomes does is kind of after those initial reads where he has his magical way of extending plays and getting the ball downfield to someone. So now he's going to be uh limited in that regard, but this week is going to be all about pain management. See if you can get at least one day of practice in, uh because it's the tough defense that they're playing against, a well-coached defense. And a defense that throws a lot of different things at you, and even last year you saw the adjustments that uh, Luan Rumo was able to make when you were trying to stop uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Now it's going to be all about taking Kelsey out of that game plan early, and then making one of these other guys beat you. Um, so it's going to be tough, uh, especially without 15 being able to move. But uh, he'll be out there, and he, he, I mean, I mean, Patrick Mahomes at 60, 65, percent, 70 percent is better than most quarterbacks in this league right now. So I still expect. A,
1: uh, a special showdown I agree dude like nothing wrong with his head nothing wrong with his heart nothing wrong with his arm <laughs> talking to Darius yep. Butler Darius you mentioned the Colts you played six seasons there Jim Ursay, frankly dude he has been fire he has been fire of late like much like Jerry Jones I hit my knees every single night and I'm thankful for this cat for all the material he's given us to talk about I mean there's nobody like Ursay. what was he like when you were there did you get very much one-on-one time with him when you were there uh Jim was
2: he's always been passionate uh unbelievable heart when it comes to you know taking care of his guys in that locker room and taking care of the community and uh he, he's one of the more entertaining uh team owners out there uh, 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 uh just a special guy um all around you know I I love Jim most of the guys that have played for him would have that same sentiment and obviously he does things uh, differently, you know, he's been around the game a long, long time, and he'll tell you about the days he's been a ball boy or playing at SMU or doing all this, being a general manager and then obviously being an owner now. But Jim, uh, there's never going to be too many boring, quiet times around Jim. So uh, he, he's been a great guy and obviously uh, a, a great team owner for a long time. He's got a lot of decisions upcoming to make. You know, a lot of people had a lot of questions with the Jeff Saturday hire. Um, they've been interviewing a ton of uh, great candidates. So hopefully we, we pick the right guy down there, in Indy.
1: Darius, do you think really quickly? Do you think that he really is giving serious consideration to giving Saturday that job full time, or do you think he's moved beyond and just hasn't said so uh, publicly?
2: I, I, yeah, I think he's for sure getting uh, serious um, consideration because speaking to some guys um, in that locker room, you know, not only players but people that uh, around the building, you know, training staff, equipment people, everybody that's been around that building for decades. Um, You know, Jeff Saturday came in there, and he he demanded uh, respect, obviously, and he did some things as far as that culture to turn them and have them trending in the right direction. Even though that didn't show on the field when it comes to wins and losses, I think Jeff Saturday is definitely getting a real look.
1: Darius Butler played nine years in the NFL. He is pushing a ton of content. He is everywhere. He is the creator and host of the Everything DB show on YouTube. you got to watch that. Co-host of the Man to Man pod, and that's just a couple of things he does. Darius, appreciate you so much. Great to have you back, and thank you very much for making time for us, as always. Hey, thank you, Jim. Continue questioning. Jay Woods of OmegaTaxCredits.com is with me now. You've actually started a new operation, a new wing, Omega
0: Funding Solutions. Exactly what is that and how does that work? You file an amended payroll tax return with the IRS and the IRS is backed up. You know, they were hit by COVID too. They had the pandemic to deal with. So it's taking them anywhere from six months to a year to process these refunds. So we came out with a solution where we can help you get access to that cash earlier in as, as little as two weeks. See if you qualify
1: for an ERC tax refund from the IRS Omega Tax Credit credits.com co-host of extra point taken also on the ringer previously covered the nfl for the athletic and espn Shio kapadia is my guest he is back Shio, it's good to have you on the show how are you Doing well, how you doing? Good, good. Good visit with you. So a lot to talk about, and I'm glad to have you back. Let me ask you about Philadelphia. You know, you heard so much before that game that beating one of your rivals three times in one year is so hard to do, and then you see the game and you come to find out it's really not that hard at all. At least it wasn't for Philly. It probably it wasn't surprising to see them win that game, but did it surprise you to see them lay the kind of beat down on the Giants that they did?
5: Yeah, you know, I think we need to retire that beating a team three three times in a season thing. There's no evidence to it uh, throughout the course of NFL history. But, uh, you know, I I picked the Eagles to cover. I thought they could win by, you know, 8, 10 points. I didn't think they were going to come out and win 28 nothing. And I I think what you saw in that field uh, really was a couple different things. But really the talent disparity. You know, the Giants did a great job coaching that football team all season long. They overachieved. But when you get to some of these games – It just becomes a matter of one-on-one matchups. And the the Giants' defensive line could not handle the Eagles' offensive line uh, and and vice versa on the other side of the ball. Their their offensive line could not handle the Eagles' defensive line. So uh, there were just so many mismatches on paper going into that game. I think you could make the case that the Giants, maybe three or four of their players, Start for the Eagles and the rest of them. Uh, the Eagles had an advantage, so I think that's really what that game came
1: down to. Sure, I think you're right. I think that's all fair. I think that's all accurate. I played that game the same way you did. I laid the points. Felt good about that. And I think you're right. The Giants had a really good year. They're extremely well coached, but they just ran into a much better team, a much deeper team. She, let me get your thoughts on Nick Sirianni. He was feeling it. I mean, really feeling it. How would you describe his reaction to the win? And then secondarily, what was your reaction to his reaction?
5: Well, I was laughing because, uh, I mean, Jim, you know the Philadelphia fan. And and the Philadelphia fan is very comfortable with everyone else hating them. In fact, that's kind of their preference. And now they have a coach who I think if the Eagles go on a Super Bowl run, you're going to have the other fan bases, the other 31 fan bases in the NFL going – who does this guy think he is? I think Giants fans are probably already there. I think Cowboys fans are already there. When you see the way Sirianni's uh, looking into the camera and some of the stuff he's doing there on the sidelines. And so, uh, you know, I- I've talked to players in the Eagles locker room uh, about this. It's funny. They they take on Jalen Hurts' personality more so than Nick Sirianni's personality, like you, you, don't see the Eagles players going out there and really, you know, doing a lot of stuff, taunting or uh, being very uh, demonstrative after big plays. Yet you, you see the coach on the sideline doing some of that stuff. Listen, I, I believe in authenticity, and so if that's who you are, um, then, then be who you are. I think the players understand it; they kind of get a kick out of it. But it is funny to me. My, my big reaction was, man, if Eagles fans saw a Giants coach or a Cowboys coach acting. In in this manner, that would be the most hated man in Philadelphia, and so that, that's kind of a storyline I have my eye on if the Eagles do advance to the
1: Super Bowl. Sure, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. That's exactly what happened. In fact, I had a Giants fan through and through call last hour at the end of the hour, right before you came on, and he straight up just said on the show, I want to go there and pimp slap that guy, quote unquote. <laughs> like, he was so offended, and you're so right. Can you imagine if Brian Dable were running around, and he's the last guy to do it, but if Dable were running around like like that, You know Philly fan would want to get on a plane to go pimp slap him. I think that's fascinating, though, what you just said, that the team takes on the personality of Jalen Hurts more than Sirianni. And Hurts, frankly, I don't want to say that he's kind of a flat line without a personality. I love the guy, man. I could not love his toughness and his grit and his work ethic. The whole thing, I absolutely love the guy. Why do you think they identify more with him than the coach other than, well, he's out there playing hurt and making plays?
5: You know, Jalen Hurts to me, it's like every sports cliche we've heard over the years, and we get sick of it when you interview uh, an athlete or a coach, and it's just cliche after cliche, one day at a time. You know, all all those things we hear. Jalen Hurts is the first, maybe not the first athlete, but the athlete uh, I've seen who just, like, actually embodies All those cliches like that is actually how he operates one day uh, at a time. We haven't done anything yet. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Uh, You're only as good as your next plan. I mean, all these things you hear and you watch him. And listen, this was evident last year when, you know, he wasn't playing at this level. They weren't as good last year, but you watched it and you go, man, just in terms of demeanor, in terms of mental toughness, and in terms of the way he connects uh, with his teammates. Like, this guy's got all those things. And so that was what I thought about him going into the season. I thought, you know what, I don't know what his feeling is. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to be an elite quarterback, but I do have a sense that whatever his feeling is, he has kind of the makeup to, re, to, to kind of get to that feeling. And so I think that's what you have seen happen this year. And obviously it's not just him. He's positioned with a great offensive line, with great weapons, and the coaching staff has done a good job. But I, I think the way teammates just kind of see who he is day in and day out, again, authenticity to me. I mean, you look at a lot of quarterbacks around the NFL, that's a problem for them, authenticity, connecting with teammates. That's not a, a problem for him. And so I think guys just naturally kind of gravitate towards him.
1: Shio Kapadia joining us. So he clearly has an elite makeup. Are you now ready, I would imagine, to say that he is also an elite player, or do you want to see this year finish out?
5: Yeah, I mean, it depends how we're defining elite. You know, I put guys like uh, Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, I'm going to put them on one tier right now, kind of uh, above everybody else. And so I'm not going to say he's there just yet, but certainly he's opened eyes. He's improved, uh, you know, he, he has the ability to kind of really take an honest look at what his weaknesses are and work on them and turn them, maybe not into strengths, but turn them into things that can still allow him uh, to operate. So yeah, I've been undoubtedly impressed uh, impressed with him all season long and kind of we'll see how this, season ends, and then make an assessment on maybe where he lands there in the quarterback
1: hierarchy. Fair enough. All right. So listen, you're, you're objective, and you've got content to create and push, and you're a journo, but let me ask you this. You did tweet last night, quote, for the 27th consecutive year end quote, Dallas fails to get out of the divisional round. So let me ask you this. Is there a part of you, and it makes sense that Philadelphia and San Francisco are going to play in the NFC title game because they were the two best teams in the conference. Is there a part of you that maybe wishes they got a crack at Dallas in that game? Or is there a bigger part of you that gets more enjoyment out of the fact that that's 27 years in a row that Dallas is not getting to that game?
5: Yeah, no, I don't root for any teams. Like, I don't care if the Eagles win or the Eagles lose. I root for the content. Thank you. We are team content. Can I interrupt you? We are
1: team content. I've always said this. I don't care who wins or loses. Give me something to talk about. Team content is my favorite team. You'll get, appreciate
5: the team content and also team uh, my picks against the spread. Let's, let's yes. make sure that record looks good at the end of the year. Those are the two things on Sunday. But no, I thought the Cowboys would have been the more fun story. You know, just uh, living in Philadelphia, Eagles, Cowboys, nfc championship like that's going to be a monster game regardless and listen the eagles 49ers is going to be a big game it's the nfc championship but eagles cowboys like if the eagles win that for all eagles fans is going to be one of the most memorable games of their entire lifetime And if the Eagles lose, it's still going to be one of the most memorable games of their entire lifetime where they're talking about how could we blow that game to Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. So, yeah, I thought that would have been a more fun matchup. I actually thought the Cowboys had a great shot going into that game to upset the 49ers. But listen, the Niners just keep coming through, and now you have uh, what I believe to be two of the most talented rosters in the NFL going at it on Sunday.
1: No doubt. So before you go, how about a quick thought on the AFC? For instance, Joe Burrow said it on the air after the game was over. He called the Bengals' win over Buffalo, quote, complete domination, end of quote. He's not wrong. How impressed were you with what Cincinnati did in Buffalo?
5: I I couldn't be more impressed. I mean, I I think, you know, people are kind of throwing, you know, cold water on this Bills team. This Bills team played the entire season and did not lose a game by more than a field goal. They had three losses going into that game, and none of them were more by more than a field goal. They lost three games by a total of eight points. So to go into Buffalo, the team that was a really well-rounded team for most of the season, don't get me wrong, they had some weaknesses, but to go in there with three backup offensive linemen And for Joe Burrow's first incompletion to come in the second quarter when the team's already up 14-0, I mean, you know, that guy, just what he's done the last two years to go on the road and beat Mahomes and to beat Allen in the AFC with with less than ideal circumstances around you. By the way, I mean, Joe Burrow is an elevator. You can put him on to any roster in the NFL. You can take any players around from him, and he's going to show up, and he's going to get the job done. So, yeah, I I couldn't be any more impressed with that Bengals team and
1: what they did. All right, so Sheila, I know you've done this a long time. I've done this a long time. I think we both know what the next couple of weeks are like as you ramp up for Glendale. I'm kind of curious, what do you have in store for the next few weeks on Spotify? And then how much are you going to wrap things ramp things up heading into the Super Bowl? What do you have planned for Glendale?
5: Yeah, no, thanks for asking. We've got a lot of stuff planned. And, you know, just the Ringer's Philly special pod, we've got uh, just bonus episodes every week. We're going to be breaking down this matchup against the 49ers, having guests on, and then we'll continue it uh, if they win, leading up to the Super Bowl. And then, as you mentioned, you go on the Ringer NFL show. Uh, I'm on there on Monday night's. And on Thursday, twice a week, we're going to be talking everything in the NFL. Not only these championship games, not only the Super Bowl, but Jim, I love the NFL offseason. I mean, the coaching staff changes, the trade buzz we're going to get here in the next two weeks, free agency, all of that. So we're going to dive into all those things. So it's going to be a fun time of year, no doubt.
1: I agree. The best thing about the NFL offseason is there isn't one. The NFL is full time. It's all year round. It's great. Sheo Capadia, my guest. she'll really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Great to have you on the show. Once again. All right, man. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you again soon. You got it, dude. Have a great day. Thank you. Gino is back. Gino, what's up, dude?
4: My dude, romey what an incredibly great weekend for real Cowboys fans everywhere. I called my shot last week. I said it. I said what I needed, what I wanted, was a defeat so humiliating that even the mosquito circumciser, Father Time himself, Jera, would have no choice but to fire the Hamburglar and mission accomplished, dude. I feel so positive right now about next year. Make it happen, Jones. You know, and as far as Dak afterwards and his presser, like saying, oh, don't worry, I guarantee you. That's never going to happen again. Dak, if you were a dude that could make that guarantee, it wouldn't have happened all year. The the stats will show that you threw two interceptions. It was way worse than that. There was at least another two or three that should have been intercepted. Dak, you are horrible. Hopefully, when Sean Payton gets here, he deals with what ails you, my friend. Now, I watched that game, Romy Rome, here in Austin with a bunch of 49ers fans. That's right, people from Santa Clara, people from uh, the Napa area, and people from Santa Cruz, frankly, half the people who live in Austin uh, fled, are uh, relocated to uh, Austin uh, from the Bay Area, but these people all have very positive things to say, you know, about San Francisco, kind of makes me want to maybe visit there a little bit, because they, they have some very positive things to say, like, for example, if, uh, if you, like so many of us, are annoyed with that bulging wallet in your back pocket. San Francisco is there for you. You're not going to make it to Fisherman's Wharf before your wallet and your dignity have been removed. Uh, Another huge plus, living in the city by the bay, is the ease of shopping for camping equipment. Most people have to travel to an REI, maybe a sporting goods store, but not Bay Area dwellers. All you got to do is step out of your condo. You are immediately presented with a wide variety of well-used tents all up and down the street, literally any street. Have you ever wondered? Sure. This tent looks great uh, in the store, but can it uh, hold all of my shoplifted goods? And what's it going to smell like after a solid year of urinating in, on, and around it? Well, people in San Francisco do not have to worry about that. Because the smell of freshly generated urine on a tent is what you want. It's always on the menu there. Tired of having windows in your car in one piece? San Francisco. Can't stay in the bottom of your shoes, not coated in human feces, San Francisco. Not enough bum fights in front of the restaurant business or park that your children are playing in. Do you miss the feeling of dirty needles stuck to your shoe? Do you feel like you're not paying enough taxes? San Francisco is your answer. Are you tired of feeling the sun on your face and long for a marine mass so constant that it has its own Instagram account? Carl the Fog, San Francisco. Are you curious what invisible enemies are in the area and wonder what sort of obscenities can be strung together to describe you? San Francisco and its diverse, ubiquitous, homeless population will erase that question from your mind. Have you ever wondered what work-life balance is like if you take all of the life out of it and it's only work with no room for actual life that doesn't consist of dog poop and protecting your possessions? Do you want to live in a city that has been considered charming for most of its existence but now seems like they could film future sequels to Blade Runner there? Well, that's
0: not a good call. No. I mean, Gino...
1: You don't like that car. I, like I should have run you five minutes ago, but then it just became like morbid curiosity. How much does this guy have? How long can this guy go? Dave in Tucson. Hey, Dave, what's up? Jim Rome, what is up? What's uh, up? to
6: start off by saying I am a longtime listener over 20 years. Never felt a need to call or talk to you before. However, being a Cincinnati transplant, I could not be more proud of my Cincinnati Bengals. A couple little side notes about my Bengals. First of all, it's not really noted or talked about that Joe Burrow had appendix surgery, an appendectomy just prior to the season, which may account for our slow start. Also, you know, being the AFC defending champions, our Bengals never got the respect that was due. We were the AFC defending champions. We went into Kansas City and beat them, and we were a couple plays short of winning a Super Bowl. Give us our respect. You know, one more shout-out for my fans of Cincinnati, my fellow cohorts, my fellow longtime Bengals sufferers, Jim, we have suffered, and we have suffered. We went through draft picks with Akili Smith, with Big Daddy Wilkinson, David Klingler, Jim, and here we are. We are finally at a point where we can be proud of our team. We've always been proud, but now we can shout it out to the heavens. Amen. Who day, war, Bengals, war. Who they think going to beat them Bengals, war, AFC back-to-back championship games. I'm out.
1: Hell yes, who day. Let's go to Rochester. Phil, it's good to have you, Phil. How are you? Great. Hey.
4: Good, Jim. How you doing? Good, today? dude.
1: Hey, you've been pounding
4: on some of the other teams. You know, I just I want to get on this whole Dak Prescott thing. He kind of broke into the Cowboys a little earlier. When are people – I mean, I've been a fan, you know, since the mid-70s. And when are people going to actually call this guy out for what he is? He's, he's failing as a leader for that team. You can't throw 13 interceptions in seven games and and say that you're doing right by the team, especially when they paid him all that money. Everybody's making excuses for him. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, when he's lined up, you look you look through that helmet, and those eyes are scared. I mean, somebody's got to call him out.
1: My man, I think you just did. Hey, listen, Phil, I mean, to be fair, I, I know you're not saying that I'm the one making excuses for Dak. Did you hear the show open? All I did was crush the Cowboys, almost starting – With Dak, I spent 25 minutes annihilating the Cowboys and holding them and him accountable. Spent 25 minutes in the show open talking about how Mr. Irrelevant outplayed the $160 million man. I know you're not accusing me of making excuses for the guy. I've said it myself repeatedly. They're a much better team when that guy is not throwing the ball to the other team, which is what he did. So I, I don't really know who's making excuses for Dak right now other than Jarrah. So let's go to Omaha. Steve, good to have you, Steve. How are you?
3: Hey, good morning. Roaming Rome. Nervous as hell. Longtime listener from uh, the original four days. Bogaha, Crab and Albuquerque.
1: My man. I appreciate take, it, too. Go ahead.
3: Hey, my take on the uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati game comes from a guy sporting the original buffalo jersey yesterday but it just shows you the difference between a defensive-minded coach in mcdermott and an offensive-minded coach in zach taylor and he needs to get the credit he saw the conditions you saw the game plan where he was doing short throws and and uh, burrow had the talent to take a touch off those short throws and they just ran down the field meanwhile mcdermott he looks like a hero when he's got all the horses like Von, Von Miller and all the rest. But they lose one or two, there's no chance to adapt. And by the way, last year when Dayball was running the offense, there was never any question about McDermott. So I feel bad for Buffalo, long-suffering Buffalo fan. But, hey, all the credit to Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. They look like men, look like men on a mission. So thanks, Romy Rome. Nervous as hell and
1: uh, glad I made it through the call. Take care. You did too, dude. Not only did you make it through the phone call, you made some good points. You made some good points. I said it myself, about time maybe we put some respect on Zach Taylor's name. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Las Vegas. Jake in Vegas. Good to have you, Jake. How are you?
6: This is Jason from Vegas. Jason. And oh, Jason. A
0: My bad, dude. That's not a
2: good call. No. You don't like that car.
1: I don't like that car. not a very good car. hey Jake I know you told me your name is Jason but the call screen says Jake so frankly that's why you got run I I will own this it's probably when I say to you there's only a few rules on the program this is probably the worst rule on the program and probably a rule that we should change but at I always say it's, it's Alvin's rule. For the first time ever, Alvin is saying, I'm open to discussing it. Alvin, frankly, you should be open to discussing it. It's a bad rule. He called back to apologize, saying, my bad. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to correct the host. Let's go to the phones. We go back to Vegas. Jake in Vegas. Hey, Jake, what's up? How you doing, Papa? How you doing? Much
6: respect for you. You
1: Appreciate too, the dude.
6: That you you
2: All
1: too. I gotta
6: say is about uh, how about them call girls?
2: That's number one. And more than anything, how much uh, thank you for Brian Dabo showing us to pull us out of irrelevancy and bringing us back to relevancy. But uh, I just want to say, no, cl- I, if I could, I'd have went down to Philly and pimp slap that coach. He act like he won the world. He he won the Super Bowl, and he only won it was one
6: playoff game. Shaking his head. Cursing, I know what I'm effing doing. Man, I want to slap them so much. And then put in these, uh, they ain't even going to be on the team next year, and they lay in the wood at the end of the game. I was so mad and pissed off at those classless Pigeon fans and all the Pigeons that have to do with the Eagles. They're Pigeons. They're not Eagles anymore. Enough respect,
1: always. My man, him, Dude, I got to tell you something. Rack Jason. Dude, he's Jason. Alvy, you best be glad he didn't pimp slap you. Good night, night no.